Hey there. Is today your first time here? Or maybe your first time in a while? If so, maybe you're wondering exactly who we are and what this church is all about. Well, we'd like you to know that we're a group of ordinary people who are on an amazing journey together following Christ. Our guide is the Bible because it's the divinely inspired Word of God and it will never take us in the wrong direction. Along the way, we hope you'll see that we are welcoming and spiritually passionate and that getting to know you is a big deal to us. We know that the road is rough sometimes, but we'll work really hard to bring you practical and relevant messages to equip and encourage you through life's ups and downs. We want you to know that we care about this community and we believe that it's our job to make it a better place. So no matter who you are or where you've been, we're glad you're here with us today. And we hope that you'll join us on our journey, following Christ and living out His plan for us. So welcome to church. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Fellowship of Champions Church International. I'm Pastor Sean Strickland. This is my amazing husband, Pastor. I'm Pastor Edwin Strickland. And so I'm here to welcome you and do the announcements, and we're going to get into the teaching. Listen, for those of you who are first-time visitors, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're super excited And can you hear us? Sometimes we have some issues with our tech, but can you let us know if you can hear us before we get get going too much and then have to repeat all this for you? I totally always forget that. It's okay. I I totally, yeah. My bad. So um, if you're watching for the first time, we want to encourage you to let us know that you're a first timer. Don't worry, we're not going to have you to stand up and give us any announcement. But if you could just raise your hand, say first time. Also want to encourage all of you who do watch to make sure you like the page and that you follow the page. I say this every week because I think it's important to remember that liking the page is one thing. But following the page is another thing. And following the page is how you get the notifications that we post, that we go live. And as you know, we have a lot of dynamic stuff going on here every week. So before I get into the announcements, I want to say, who was at virtual church last week? Well, apparently a lot of people were at virtual church last week because you guys shared and shared and shared. And last week's broadcast, I, you know, I, every, every week I, I look at the analytics, last week's broadcast had over 10,000 views, over 7,000 reactions, and was shared over 159 times. Yes, and we want to beat that today. But if you were there last week, man, listen, we had some supernatural shout out to everybody who hung with us. People are raising their hands saying that they were like, it was on on fire. The presence of the Lord came in. It was so dope. We ended up taking communion on Sunday night. Man, we got, we had so many testimonies. Yes. So many testimonies. And you know that the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, right? So as I'm asking people to do other things, if you had a testimony, a supernatural experience last week, just drop it in the comments so people can know. Listen, we are a teaching ministry and we are unapologetic that we are a teaching ministry. We love to shout. We love to sing. 
We love to praise. But if you don't know how to live by the word of God, you will be tossed to and from by every circumstance and situation. Isn't that right, babe? That's true. Absolutely. You have to do more than be emotional. You have to know how to be anchored in the word. We have people watching from all over. And we've got a lot of first time visitors I'm seeing in the comment section. So our admins are welcoming you and I appreciate that. But Pastor and I want to also welcome you if you're a first time visitor. Uh, don't let this be your last last time uh we believe that something's going to be said or done today that's going to absolutely change your life and we thank you for joining us i want to brag a little bit Go ahead. a lot of those first-time visitors okay. they're mine good they're mine good. i invited them good. right good. um because i just want to make sure that people aren't slipping off during the pandemic we want to make sure that people aren't losing their fire for god their passion for god and they're staying connected so here's what we want you to do we want you to do some social media outreach right now what does that look like we want you to share this broadcast let me tell you where you can share it you can share it on your page. You can share it in your story and you can share it in groups where it would be acceptable to share. Don't yes. get kicked out of a group sharing it where you right. shouldn't share it. Right. And so we're still looking. But especially share it to your page. Nobody can kick you off your own page. And your story. <laughs> and your story. And your story. And here's the other cool thing that you guys may not know. A story only lasts 24 hours. Yes. So you can share on your story every day this week. Right. Which gives new people a chance to see it. And I know for a fact I go back and I share the the church is broadcast at least twice yep. and people come back and watch it who didn't get to see it on Sunday. And it's, I think that's how we're starting to get more shares too, because someone will see it who didn't see it the first time they'll share it. And then somebody else will see it. And, and that's how it snowballed last week. Not to mention that what was taught in the, in the way the presence of the Lord showed up, people could sense that through, even through a computer screen or a phone. Absolutely. It was powerful. And how many, you know, it's still a lot of people who don't know Jesus. It's still a lot of people who don't know Jesus and it's a lot of people who have accepted Jesus who don't know how to walk in victory. And that's why Fellowship of Champions is here. We are church teaching you how to walk in love, live by faith and experience God's prosperity in every area mm -hmm. of life. That's the will of God for you. And we have a lot of ways to do that. So I hope you joined Kristen Worship Valley Worships this morning for prayer. I mean, for worship, she and Valley did an awesome job. We so appreciate them bringing worship to us every Sunday morning. If you have not followed them, Please follow them and get up for worship. Now, there are people, you know, people in the body of Christ are really interesting. There are people who love, say they love the word. There are people who love worship, right? We want you to love both. One of the things about worship is that it makes your heart pliable for what the Holy Spirit wants to say. And so we that's why we do worship before the word so that you can prepare your heart for whatever God would have to say to you. Right. So don't just like the singing and don't just like the teaching. Love them both because they both will cause you to prosper. Mm -hmm. So that's every Sunday morning at 930. And then after that, what do we do? We jump right on here at 10 a.m for a Sunday morning celebration where Pastor Edwin and I sometimes together for the last several weeks together, we teach you how to practically apply the word so you can walk in the power yes. of the word. Yes. And I'm going to say this again. We don't apologize for teaching over an hour. You are going to spend so much time this week being bombarded by so many things. You need the word to anchor you. In fact, that's one of the scriptures you've used these past couple of weeks, the word to anchor you. Then on Tuesday, we have something dynamic that happens. 
prayer. Something supernatural always happens when you pray. Join us on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Central right here. And one of our anointed prayer leaders will be praying the word. They literally will show you how they pray the word. We write our prayers out. So they're based on the word, based on the prophecies that are over this house. And we believe that something supernatural happens when you pray. And we have so many testimonies. Then on Wednesday night, we have our very own Raphael Marlowe, who's our associate pastor here, who is teaching a dynamic, life-changing word. He that Right now, he's talking about not being weary. He's talking about how many of you know that there are people, they're starting to talk about people getting Zoom fatigue, people are getting pandemic fatigue, people are getting weary in well-doing. This is not the time to get weary in well-doing. And if you still see Wednesday as hump day, the day that you're barely making it, you definitely need to um, to um, log in 8 p.m. Central on this page, on Ralph's personal page, and watch the teaching so you can be equipped and empowered. And then we do it all again. We also have teachings for our teens and for our kids. You can find them on our website. The website is uh, going across the screen. Um, or they can put it up and you can go and you can your babies, they can learn about Jesus, your teens, they can learn about Jesus. We want to make sure that everybody is staying connected to God, growing and has a church home. Yep. And you didn't mention Mindset Monday. Oh, Mindset Monday. Uh, Mindset Monday. I teach Mindset Monday on Mondays um, at noon central. I teach that on my professional page, Sean Strickland. And man, listen, we're just trying to get the word to you as many ways as we can for you to prosper. Somebody just said, Clarissa said, Pastor Ralph is really helping her. And that's so good. So we just, we're here. We want to serve you. We want to see you live the life that God has for you to live. And we just want to see you be everything that God has you, wants you to be because God wants to make your life a testimony in this season. But here's the thing I love to say. You're never going to get what God has doing it your own way, which is why this teaching is so appropriate. It's cultivating a mindset to prosper in every season. You have to cultivate a mindset to prosper in every season. Again, I see people. You're liking the page, like the page, share the page, follow the page. Tell us whether you're live, whether you're watching a review, you can hashtag laugh. Hashtag replay. Just let us know. And tell us where you're watching from. We know we have people who watch all over the world now. We're super excited about that. Pastor, when you were saying, what are some of the plays you were telling me yesterday? Yeah, so we will get some of the analytics and we we got people obviously from the UK. Uh, We got people from Australia uh, and there's people from several different countries in Africa who are watching. Uh, you know, I, I my, my dream is that one day we look up and we'll be able to, to, to dot and see every single continent. You know, uh, we got to get into South America a little bit more, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Let me tell you something that really shocked me about your analytics. Little Rock, where our biggest watchers are from Little Rock. That was the, I mean, in, in the in the country. I was blown away by that. Way to go, Little Rock. We welcome you. Thank you, guys. Hey, ex, uh, ex Northwest Arkansas, y'all may want to step up because Little Rock <laughs> is um, Little Rock rocking it out. So, um, you I, to- I, I do have a special announcement. I mean, you talk do? about. I you do, do. I do. And so we 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 know we want to get all these announcements out of the way. But I want to talk to you just real quick. You know that one of the most nearest and dearest projects to my heart uh, is our is our scholarship fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this Tuesday is December the 1st. And December the 1st is our is considered to be National Giving Day. Yep. It's an opportunity where nonprofits and everybody across the country uh, ask people to, to give to their organization. On this Tuesday, hear me, on this Tuesday, Tuesday, 
uh, December the 1st, Fellowship of Champions Church is participating in National Giving Day. Here's what we would love for you to consider. Consider giving to our scholarship fund. We have funded almost $100,000, almost $100,000 between the two scholarships that we offer. We offer the Fellowship of Champions Academic Scholarship, which is a $10,000 scholarship that we give to deserving high school seniors when they graduate. And they can use it to go to either a two-year or four-year uh, college or university, or even we have a student right now that we're supporting going through trade school. Uh, and he's doing very very well. And so I'm asking you, if you're going to participate, if you've got five extra dollars, 10 extra dollars, whatever, a hundred extra dollars, 500 extra dollars, a thousand extra dollars, whatever you have, I'm asking you to consider giving to the Fellowship of Champions Scholarship Fund. You say, Pastor Edwin, I'd love to do that. How can I do that? Listen, Pastor Sean just dropped a link, I believe, uh, in, in, I don't, where'd you drop it? On the, uh, on this. Oh, Pashan dropped it inside inside the, the, the broadcast, but you can also go to the Fellowship of Champions page where you're watching right now. Go to that actual page and you can read about everything that we've done between the two scholarships. We have the Fellowship of Champions Academic Scholarship and then we have the James Young Memorial Scholarship Fund, uh, which gives uh, $4,000 uh, to students. Listen, I'm a firm believer that God is going to allow Fellowship of Champions very, very soon to be able to give full college scholarships. I, my, my mission and my goal is to help as many kids get to get to and through college without student debt. And I'm telling you, I, I would love for you to be a part of it. It is a project that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, when my birthday comes around and people ask what I want for my birthday, no, that, 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 that's fund. typically what I ask them to do, donate to the scholarship fund. Because if we can help this next generation get a leg up where they're not saddled with student loan debt, I, I think we can start to, to move the needle uh, in this in, in this wealth gap that we have, uh, especially in, in our own personal African-American community. Amen. And you asked an important question. Yes. Should we wait till Tuesday? You don't have to. You don't have to wait till Tuesday. You can do it on Tuesday. That's going to be the day I'm going to be talking about it. I'm probably going to do a live on that day. But man, as soon as you see it, I would love for you all to just go there right now and, and give. And then you can share it. You can take that link and share it in your own uh, personal um social media space. You know, when we did this in July, we were blessed to actually have a matching $10,000 grant and we raised $50,000 and that's going to go a long way. Uh, but I would love for us to raise an additional 20. I would love for us. We raised 17,000 in, in an hour, in 24 hours yeah. uh, back in July. And so if we could raise $20,000 over the next couple of weeks, uh, that'd be great. I'm going to leave it up for a little while, but Tuesday's going to be our big day. So I just wanted to make sure that I took the time to announce that. Because I know how important it is for you. Yeah. I actually took some of your birth, I mean, some of your Christmas money and made a donation. And I actually and don't I even mind. You actually, I actually don't, don't even mind. mind. I don't right? mind. That's no, wonderful. but I wanted to be the first donator to it because I know how important it is to you to be able to do this. Guys, listen, let me tell you something. Fellowship of Champions is good ground. Not only is this a teaching ministry, but through the pandemic, because of the generosity of our partners and our unwavering faith in mm -hmm. God, let me tell you what we've been able to do in addition to the scholarships. In addition to the scholarships, we've been able to keep everybody who uh, receives um, payment from the church on payment. 
right? Mm -hmm. We have also been able to help numerous people pay their rent with utilities, keep people from getting their car repossessed, um, help people with groceries, all types of different things. This is a ministry that's good ground. Yes. Now, let me tell you something. If you're one of those people who you get worked up about prospering, this is the wrong place or it's the right place for you because we really believe that if the people of God aren't blessed, yes. we cannot meet all of the needs that are happening. There are people that are hungry. There are people that are facing eviction. There are kids who are wondering how they're going to pay for school. We need to have resources. Yes. So we're never going to apologize. It's two things we're not going to apologize for. Teaching long and for the fact that we absolutely believe that believers should be prosperous. And it is prosperity that allows us to be able to do this. And so we're excited, but we're talking about cultivating a mindset to prosper in every season. I'm going to pray. And then Pastor Ellen's going to recap us. He always gets to do the recap because if he, if I recap, I'm just going to preach the whole thing again. We now go get to the new lesson. Um, but he always does a good job because he was a teacher. So I'm going to pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We yes. give you praise with much thanksgiving. Yes. You're such a gracious God. You're so kind. You're so merciful. You're so thoughtful concerning us. We thank you that you've been so mindful of us, that you sent Jesus for us, that we don't have to stay in sin. We don't have to stay in bondage. We don't have to stay in lack. We don't have to stay in sickness because Jesus dealt with sin and all of its effects. We thank you for that in Jesus name. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Yes. You gave Jesus to us and Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. We're not limited by experience. We're not limited by our own knowledge. We have the teacher who leads us into truth. So Holy Spirit, we invite you as we break open this word to come and do what you do. Bring the scales off of all of our eyes, any place that we're walking in deception, that we're walking in bondage, that we're walking in any place outside of your will. Bring us into alignment and give us teachable hearts, hearts that are willing to change, hearts that are willing to align so that we can actually prosper in any season because yes. that is your heart that for us. Heart. Now we pray if there's anybody watching and they don't know you, that they will be pricked today. If there's anybody mm -hmm. who's in a backslidden state, that they will be pricked today. We want this word to do what it's designed yes. to do, which is to bring us back to you, you, to bring us, to conform us to your image. And so we release the word. If anyone is sick in their body, sick in their mind, we release the healing virtue of Be God to Jesus bring people name. to salvation, yes. to bring people to healing, yes. to bring people to wholeness, because yes. that is the power of the life giving yes. word. And we thank you for it in advance in, yes. Jesus, in name. Jesus name. Amen. 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 So as you know, this is our third week of talking about cultivating a mindset to prosper in every season. Uh, and, and, and I believe that this has been an on time word. You know, we started a couple of weeks ago uh, where we just sat down and really just shared what the Lord was saying about the rest of 2020 mm -hmm. and into 2021. And one of the things that, that he said in the word that he shared with us was for us to hold on, mm -hmm. for us to hold on. And then Pastor Ralph then started teaching his series and we hadn't even talked about it, but he started teaching his series about not growing weary. And I just think it does tell so well because it, you you talked this morning, you did a pop up, uh, you know, real quick on the way to church. Uh, and you talked about the fact that so many people were excited about um, virtual church at first. You know, I think they were more excited that they didn't have to get up uh, <laughs> and leave their home That'd for church true. at first. But what we saw, though, is that now that we're in what week 38 of, of a lot of people um, 
you know, having virtual church. And in some some cases, churches have just decided to stop having church. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people have gotten um, exposed to the fact that they maybe they weren't as disciplined as they thought they were. And so uh, they stopped doing the things that they were doing. They stopped praying as much. They stopped spending time in the word as much. And as a result of that, um, they may have even not even realized it, or maybe they have, they've kind of slipped back into some of those old types of thinking, old types of behavior. But we're telling our people and we're telling everybody who's listening, listen, now is the time to be cultivating your mind. It's not time to be slipping back. This is like the time where you sow seed, so that when that that when uh, harvest times come, you you got something in the ground. And so we started off talking about uh, what the Lord has said to us about holding on to the word that He gave us. Amen. And one of the things that we said, and, and, and we said it is still the season of, of great, great harvest. harvest. It is still, it's still the, the season, season of great harvest, and it is. And I know what the numbers say. I, I watch the news. I know some people can't, but I watch the news every day. Uh, because I want to know what to pray against. I want to know what to pray for. Uh, and we know that the COVID numbers are going up and up and up. And they're talking about what's going to happen after Thanksgiving. Listen, it's still going to be a great, it's still going to be our season of great harvest because we're going to obey God and do the things God's told us to do. Well, and Psalms 91, it says you shall see it, but it shall not come nigh yeah, you. Yeah. But if you don't have the word in your heart, <clears throat> when you see those statistics, you get nervous and anxious and afraid. The Bible says you'll see it, but it won't come yeah. near you. You're like, how can I say that? I can say it because that's what the word says. And when it gets in your heart, it's yes. what will be going to come out of your mouth. I love what you said. You say you watch the news so you know how to pray. Yeah. We're interceding for the other people. Yeah. We're interceding for the world. For the world. Right. But what we're declaring over our house and over our partners is that it shall not come yeah. nigh us. That is the biblical promise. And let me add this. And if you do get a diagnosis, instead of sinking in, you should press into the word and say, wait a minute, this does not belong to yeah. me. I'm giving COVID back to the devil that it belongs to because healing is what Jesus secured yeah. for me. And that's what you do when you have the word in your heart. And which brings us to exactly what we talked about last week was this idea of how do I upgrade my mindset then? Mm -hmm. How do I not agree with everything that I'm seeing with my natural eyes? How do I not uh, start saying what the news is saying? How do I not start saying what all the naysayers are saying? How do I not get panicked about the economy? How do I not get upset, uh, you know, if the market is going to go down or if the market is going to go up? How do I not feel anxious about that? And so we, we gave them six different ways last mm -hmm. week that they could upgrade their mindset. And then uh, on the last one, we talked about the various different kind of, of, of mind blocks. And so what I want to do real quick is just run through kind of some of the scriptures we use as foundational text for that last week. Okay. And so one of the things we talked about was in Romans chapter 12, verse one and two. And anybody who's listened to me, anybody who's listened to you, they know that we love this particular scripture because it says, I beseech you, therefore, Brethren, when I <laughs> teach on mindset money, I always say sister. Always sister. It says, "I beseech you." I mean, he said, literally, he said, "I'm begging you." I'm begging. I'm begging you, you that you, but by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And I love this. He says, "Which is your." reasonable, reasonable service. service. He said, this is the most reasonable thing for you, for what Christ has done for you. Did you present your one translation I read this week? It said, present your whole self. Oh, and I like self. that. Present your whole self, mind, soul, and body to the Lord. Why? He says, so that you be not conformed or that you be not fashioned after 
this world. It says, but be ye transformed. transformed. Be cult cultivate your mind for something new. He says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I know, you know, people who listen to us sometimes, uh, I've had people ask, they said, do you not think you spend too much time talking about thinking in the soul? I'm like, look, Jesus has already saved us. I don't have to spend every Sunday taking somebody to the cross. I, I mean, I want to offer salvation for those who don't have it, but I don't have to preach fire and brimstone to those who come to know the Lord. What has to happen now is they have to be transformed in the renewing of their mind. And if we spent years letting the world program us, then we've got to be reprogrammed. It just makes sense to me. It just makes sense. You remember Valley taught a message and yep. he talked about, he said, when we are, when we accept Jesus, we are saved. We are saved. But then we are being saved mm -hmm. and we will be saved. What does that look like? The moment we accept Jesus Christ, our spirit man is saved. Yes. Right. But now we have the work of, the Bible calls it the work of sanctification. Mm -hmm. Another word for transformation is sanctification. It means that I ought to start looking more like Jesus. Tell your neighbor, say you ought to start looking more like Jesus. Jesus. You ought to start looking more like Jesus. So you are saved, but you are being saved mm -hmm. and you will be saved. What's the will be saved when you get that new body, mm -hmm. when you get that mm -hmm. new body that is not corrupted, that cannot be corrupted by disease or decay and cannot be and cannot be killed. So our responsibility, Jesus did the heavy lifting. Yes. What we could not do was purify our spirit. We could not. Jesus did the heavy lifting. So, but what he tells us to do through the power of the Holy Spirit is to do the heavy lifting in our soul. So these things we have heard, these things that we have taught, and, and this is really important because everything that we have been taught that is a that that goes against the kingdom isn't necessarily something bad. Right. It's not something that you see when we're talking, we're not talking about you know, killing people and stealing and stuff like that. There are literally, when we're t in the world, when we're taught to be self-reliant, that is something that is against the kingdom of God. Yeah, because the Bible talks about us being self-sufficient, but it says being self-sufficient in his sufficiency. Yes. So I am a self-sufficient individual because I rely on the all-sufficient one. Teach. So when I am relying on the all-sufficient one, then when I say I have everything I need, it's not a lie and it's also not against kingdom because I have everything I need because I'm in the one who has everything. So for example, when we hear people say they're self-made, mm -hmm. self-made is against the kingdom. Well, and it's also just a lie because <laughs> nobody's self-made. Somebody talks you something you learned something somebody partnered with you nobody is self-made no uh, I nobody is nobody self is self-made i don't like when people say that it's a lie it is a lie but it's also adverse the kingdom it is. because in the kingdom we are made by the kingdom of god and the challenge is that when we think we're self-made when we think we're discovering ourselves and creating ourselves we don't let the holy spirit show us who we really mm -hmm. are and so many of us are walking around and the reason we're struggling with our mindset and we can't prosper in every season is that we've taken on identities and beliefs that don't belong to us right. god did not give them to us that's why i love this teaching yeah. that you're you know, and, 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 and the, the, the thing about that is when we talk about that we are saved, that we're being saved and we will be saved, we got to we're going to spend most of the time in that middle section. Yes. It takes a twinkling of an eye, a moment for Jesus Christ to save us. Yes. We, and, and what's going to happen when we're when we when we when we when we are saved, we, we are saved, being saved, we're going to be saved. We don't have anything to do about that until we die. But this middle section here, we are being saved. 
we say it like this. We are responsible for our own personal development. Yes, we are. We are responsible for our own personal development. Everybody ought to type that in the comment section right now. I am responsible for my own personal development. The Bible tells us that we can, that we have a helper mm -hmm. uh, and that we can rely on that helper, but that we are still responsible for our own personal development. And if we don't, if we don't understand that, then we, we end up being subject to whatever information somebody gives us. And we know that's true because the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and seven, it says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so, so is he. So if I only think what the world has given me, Come that's on. all I'm going to become. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to become what the news is. I'm going to, what the news tells me. I'm going to become what the latest songs tell me. I'm going to be whatever the economists tell me, but I'm not trying to be what they're trying yeah, to tell buddy, me to be. I'm trying to be what God said I am. So then I have to be thinking like God, because whatever a man thinketh in his heart, whatever he's programmed to think is what he will become. It's what he is. And then in Philippians 2, 5, it says, let this mind be in you, which yes. was also in Christ Jesus. Now, God doesn't tell us to do something that we can't do. He says, I want you to think like Jesus. That means I want you to stop looking at yourself. I want you to stop defining yourself. I want you to stop holding yourself hostage. That was part of the breakthrough yes. that we got yep. last yep. week. Stop holding yourself hostage to things that have happened to you in the past. I have made you new. And I think that, you know, really... You know, I always say this as a pastor, when we see gaps, I learned this from you as an educator. You told me, you said, if, if you have a class that you teach a math and 23 of the 25 students fail the test, yep. it's a teacher error. Yeah. So when I look and see so many believers who don't see the word as first and final, mm -hmm. then I have to say it's a teacher error. Yeah. Then it becomes our responsibility to say to you guys, no one's trying to take your salvation. No, it is. Per but I want you to hear me. It is perfectly capable for you to be on your way to heaven and living in hell because your mind is not like Christ. Mm -hmm. You can be on your way to heaven, your name written in the Lamb's book of life. You got a mansion waiting on you and you're living in anxiety, fear, cycles of sin, cycles of struggle, depression and all of these things. How do you switch it? If you try to use the world's way to switch it, all you're ever going to do is manage it. The best the world has to offer us. I have a master's in psychology and the best psychology has to offer us is some form of management. Mm. But what Jesus offers us is freedom. Somebody say Jesus offers us freedom. So then it becomes our responsibility to pour his mind into us to pour his mind into us. And when we begin to see Proverbs tells us that his word is life and those that find it, it will be health mm -hmm. to your bones mm -hmm. and to your life. And when you begin to pour that word on the inside of you, and I gotta be honest, when you're starting and you're overcome with sin, sexual sin, you're overcome with depression and oppression and all of these things, the idea that a word from God could change yeah. your life, it's like, what do you mean that a word from God will change my life? But the word of God is alive. And if you plant it in your heart, it will begin to grow. And literally the depression that was choking you out will get choked out by the word. But so that's why I believe the enemy works so hard to make you bored with the word, to make you too busy for the word, and to make you think that the word is optional. Because here's the thing. Let me hear. Let me help you. The enemy doesn't care that you go to heaven. 
He cannot stop that. But he cares about how you live in this earth realm. And he has a threefold mission. It is to steal, to kill, and, and destroy. destroy. He doesn't care that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life if he can torment you every single day that you're on this planet. Torment you with sickness, no money, feeling rejected, feeling abandoned, shame and guilt. And we're saying to you, you have to give the word the opportunity to work on you so you can be transformed, so you can be in peace no matter what the season is. That's so good because, you know, um, there, there's a um, he used to be a, actually used to be a pastor. He is a, a management and leadership expert. His name is, is, is Dr. John Maxwell. Mm -hmm. And John Maxwell, in one of his books, he talks about this concept called the law of the lead. Mm -hmm. And the law of the lid, in essence, says that an organization uh, can never rise above the level of its leader. Uh, that basically, as, as, as good as the leader is, that's as far as the organization can go. When you are trying to live your life or, or, or live your life based on a mindset that is rooted in the world, you can only go so high. Yes. But when you cultivate your mindset so that it is the mind of Christ, there it, it, you can go so far beyond what the world could do because the lid is so much higher. Yes. And yes. so, you know, John uses that, John Maxwell uses that concept to talk about organizations and to talk about leadership. Mm -hmm. But the same is true in the kingdom. You know, I can't go, I can't go any higher. Uh, than, than than what it than what information I have. Yes. So if I so so if my the, the type of my the top of my information is what I get from the world. Come on. Then, then that's that's the top that I can live in. Yes. But what God says is, look, I, you can get all the world's knowledge, and then I can put my knowledge on top of that, so that you can live far beyond anything anybody's ever imagined. And that's why we talk about supernatural living. So when people say, what how, what do you mean one word from God can change my life? It's because they don't understand that because they're not used to one word from the world changing their life. Come on. Come but when on. you get one word from God, it, it's, a, it's a higher lead. It takes you to uh, the ability to live far beyond what you could without that word. And I think that this is so important. We uh, Is this teaching helping you guys? Because we really want you to understand this because I think that what happens for a lot of people is that you don't understand why life is beating the hell out of you because you a nice person. Mm -hmm. And you don't understand how you being tossed to and from because you try to be a good good person but are you a faith person yeah, yeah. are you a word person and i was actually thinking about this there are actually believers who mock other believers for being word people yeah. and i'm like how crazy is that that someone who believes in jesus because let me tell you something if you believe in jesus you believe in the word right how there are so many of you you are good people you are nice people but life is beating the hell out of you i feel that real strongly uh, actually it's not even beating the hell out of them it's beating it into them be okay beating beating the hell. let's just be let's be real it's beating hell into them which because whatever's in your heart is what you're going to produce yeah so it's being held into them and then they're replicating it in their life it'd be great the, the word is designed to, to beat, beat the, the hell, hell out, out of you, you. <laughs> <laughs>
So you're beating hell into you because your environment, it, it, it's not a kingdom environment. You listen to anything. You take advice from anybody. Um, you meditate on anything. And, it's you know, for years, you know this is true. People have always challenged me about being extreme about God. But the thing that I've never understood is that you can be a fanatic about golf or basketball or football. You can be fanatical about all of these things, but if you're fanatic about God, even believers think you're doing too much. And then the flip side of that is that then they're frustrated when you're living at a level that they're mm -hmm. not living at because they think it don't take all of that. And I got to tell you this, to be able to keep peace, no matter what's going on, to be able to recover from a setback, to be able to triumph in a, se a season of trouble, it really does take all of that. You really have to give the word first place. You have to live different. You have to think different and you have to move different. And I know you're going to talk, recap those six strategies, but I want to say this. And the challenge for many of you is that you're double minded. Mm -hmm. You're double minded. You're actually still two people. You know how to say blessed and highly favored, but you don't know how to tap into blessed and highly favored when pressure is on. And let me tell you something about pressure. All pressure ever reveals is what's in you. Yep. And we used to say this all the time. If you get up in the middle of the night on the way to the bathroom and one of your kids leaves something in the floor and a you, Lego, a Lego, and you step on that Lego and you cuss, the only reason you cussed is because cussing was in you. Because yep. can't nothing come out of you except what's in you. And when you get to the point where the word is what comes out of you, then when death is standing in your faith, word, word, the word is what comes out of you. Mm -hmm. When lack stands in your face, the word comes out of you. So it may seem extreme, but it only seems extreme to people who are not living in mm -hmm. victory because those of us who are over here living in a different way, and we didn't always live this way. You've heard us tell the story that when we would call Pastor Cynthia and we would say, how are we going to make it through this? And she would say, just believe God and understand this. We know this firsthand, how irritating it can be to your flesh when you think you're doing everything you know to do. And someone says, dig in the word and believe you and believe God. But I'm telling you that on the other side of that, aren't you so glad she yeah. kept telling us mm -hmm. that? I'm really glad. I mean, it's, 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 it's the process of understanding what, what that really means to just believe God. To just believe God doesn't mean I sit back and do nothing. It means I get so full of what God yes. is and who he is and what he can do that it's all I can believe. It's all I can believe. It's all I can believe. And people aren't people aren't not used to that. They apply that in other situations. Come on. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna get into no, it. No, no, talk but, about but it. Go they, ahead. Go they use do one. it all the time. Use one. You know, use I one. mean, okay, so here's an example. How many times have we been involved in situations where where someone tells one person something about another person that is a hundred percent true, but they they refuse to believe it. Come on, they refuse to believe it. You know, back in the day, you know, you'd have a a, a, a girlfriend or or a homeboy, and and their partner wasn't doing right by them, and you try to tell them, and they didn't care nothing about what you were saying. They believed everything good about their partner. Why? Because in, at the end of the day, believing is what a choice. Believing is a believe choice. Us a it's not that you can't believe. And let me tell you, you don't have a faith problem. I'm going to give you this example. Here's how I know you don't have a faith problem. None of you 
And if so, less than 1% of you have ever been hired for a job and then asked the job to show you its financials to prove to you that they could pay you. Right. You took their word that they could pay you. Yep. You took their word that they could pay you. You took the word of a a company that could lie to you, a company that could not pay you, a company that's got at least one person in their history who think that they didn't pay them. You took their word. So it's not that you don't have faith. It's where you target your faith. You took their word. You believe what they said. If you can do it for them, you can do it for God. So if you spend enough time Come on. with the word, you become intimate enough with the word. Come and, on. and let's be honest, that word intimate, when we talk about it, it, it in, in the biblical sense, it means to know yes. uh, in, in the same way that a husband would know his wife sexually. Mm -hmm. It means to become intimate with the word, to become so uh, intertwined with the word that no matter what anybody else tells you, you choose to believe the word. So You choose to believe. So some people just date in the word. Some people are casually dating the word. Casually dating yeah. the word, right? When, 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 when they need the word, they go to it. When, when they don't need the word, they don't, they don't feel it. When they don't feel like they need the word, they don't go to it. Let me ask you this. Even in those situations, I don't, I don't know that they actually go to the word. I think they go to somebody they think can get a prayer through. That may be that, true. That for many that of them, they, they, they're casual with the word. And so because they're casual with the word and then and then the enemy torments them when they get in a bad situation. That's why I love these things that Pastor Edwin is te we're teaching about how to upgrade your mindset. You know, um, and then, you know, uh, somebody just said jokingly that you and the word got a little entanglement, but entanglement and covenant ain't the same thing. <laughs> A lot of y'all are dilly-dallying with the word, but I'm talking about covenant with the word because covenant is different. And when you go into covenant with God, he will keep his promises. And, and, and let me say this, and then we can move on or not. But 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 let me say this about, about the word. You can't want to be intimate with the word because of what it can give you. Come on. A lot of people want to know the word they want to study the word. They want to understand the scriptures because they want to be able to use. And I'm putting it in, in, in air quotes. They want to use the word so that they can get what they want. That is the no one goes into a relationship that way. If I if you go into a relationship with someone just because of what they can give you, that is a wrong, selfish motive to be in a relationship. I'm in a relationship with the word, Pastor Sean, because the word loved me first. Come on. The word loved me so much and it showed me in such explicit terms of how much the word Jesus Christ loved me. How could I not want to know him? How could I not want to know everything that he is? I know I know it's a saying that people used to say, if he never blessed me, I'll be satisfied. I understand why they said that, because the truth of the matter is he's really done everything I need him to do. He he's just so good. It's not all he's going to do. Come on. Come but on. he's but he, he has literally done enough that if he didn't do anything else, I, I could be satisfied in what he's done. But he's so good. There's no way he just do that one thing for me. Because he's just good like that. So I don't try to learn the word. I don't study the word so I can somehow try to figure out the best way to target my faith so that I can get God to move on my behalf. God is not a chess piece. I'm not trying to move him around a board to get him to, to, to do what I need to do so I can win. I want to know him intimately because of who, because of who he is, period. No, I, I mean, I don't even know if we go get to all of this stuff because you you in a zone now, because think about this, the challenge. And, I, I, you know, God is good. 
And he's made so many precious promises to us. But many people, you really are in a prostitution-like relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You want God, you want to go to God to get your needs met, but you have no interest in his needs. You want to know what is the least you can do to get the most from God. What's the least you can give? What's the most, what's the most sin you can get away with? What is the, what you want to know? What's the borderline? It's literally like me saying, I want to know how many times I can cheat on you before you'll leave mm -hmm. me. How, not how faithful can I be to you because you love me, right? but what is the most I can do to you? What can I get away with? What can I get away with? And many of you, I really believe that God is bringing us into everything that you've talked about. If people don't repent and bring their heart back to God, they won't be anchored when trouble comes. Mm -hmm. We're not interested in the kingdom of God. Right. We're not interested in whether people are saved. We're not interested in what our, in fact, we don't even want God to tell us what we should put on our social media page. We don't want God to tell us how to live. I always come back to this because this, there has probably been very few things that have vexed me as much as this t-shirt. When that people were so excited to wear that t-shirt mm -hmm. to say, I love of God, but I cuss a little. What you say is, I don't re really, I want you to hear what you're saying. I don't really give a freak about honoring God. What I want God to do is bless me, protect me, keep me, favor me, and protect me while I live the life I want to live. And then when I get in a bad situation or something doesn't go my way, I go to God as though he were my genie and ask him, how dare he not let that relationship work? How dare he let me end up in this situation? How dare he do that to me? Because I am interested in what I can take from God because I don't even recognize what he has given to me. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about this, how, listen, I am not a person. I'm not talking about losing salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying that relationships, covenant relationships have to be reciprocal. And in the natural, if I was always taking from you and taking advantage of you, anybody who loved you would tell you, I know you love her, but you need to separate from her because she don't mean you no good. And many of us get offended if we take a friend out four times and they and they we pay all four times and they don't offer to pay. We start calling them parasites that we, we know how much other people take from us. But we don't pay attention to how we show up towards God because it comes back to what I've been saying for months, which is that many of us want a savior, but we do not want a Lord. Yeah. We want a genie. We want God to jump through hoops for us. Well, Jesus said that. He said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? He, he didn't say savior. <laughs> he said, he said, why, why would you call me Lord? Why do you call me Lord, but yet you do not what I say? So when people say Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, technically some people just suggest say Savior Jesus Christ because Lord indicates that you have placed yourself under the authority. And if you place yourself under the authority, then that means you are willing and, and, and understand that you do what the person in authority has instructed you to do. Here's just a question for self-reflection. How important is it to you to obey God? 
How important? Go, no, it's it, it's a good it's a great question because it gets into you know we can talk about upgrading mindsets and we can talk about what you need to do, and that's fine. You can do those things, but they only have power when you are doing them based on the fact that that, that, that you've been instructed to do certain things from God. So so last week when we were talking about these different mindsets, you know one of the things that we prefaced it by saying is, hey, look. God is not asking you to change your mind because he's trying to take something from you. Come on. He's not trying to, to be some bully. He's not trying to be some hard taskmaster. You said it earlier that the enemy only has only has three things he's wanting to do, to kill, kill to steal, steal, and destroy. destroy. But the Bible says in John 10 and 10 that Jesus said, but I have come that you might have a life and that you may have it and enjoy it and that you may live it to the full until it overflows. He said, I want you to have the abundant kind of life. But the only way you get the abundant kind of life is doing it his way. Now, you can have an abundance of things, but an Come abundance on. of things doesn't make you have an abundant life because there are a lot of people who would trade their millions so that they don't be in the hospital bed with cancer. There'd be a lot of people who would trade their millions so that they got a relationship with their kids. Yeah. There's a lot of people who would trade whatever worldly things they have in order to get the chance to tell their mom or their dad, I love you again. So we're, when we're in an abundant life, we're not just talking about an abundance of things. Yes. He says, I've come that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. And then and then, and then, then it's backed up in 3rd John too, when he says, beloved, I wish above all things that you were what? prosper and do what be in hell even as what your soul, soul is prospering and so how do we get to soul prosperity you have to upgrade your thinking if you don't change your thinking you will not change your life and i don't care how how unspiritual you want to make that it is a biblical fact if you don't change your thinking you won't change your life it's why the apostle paul begged them to be transformed by the renewing of their mind transformed and that's and for us as believers all of these things that we teach they come in the foundation that our desire is to please god i want everybody to type that my desire is to please God. Even if you don't feel it, I want you to begin to say to that, my desire is to please mm -hmm. God. One of the reasons that one of the prayers that we always pray is that the fire of the Holy Ghost would burn up everything that's not like God is because there are some things your flesh is never going to want to give up. Right. There are some things your flesh is never going to want to do because it just don't feel good to your flesh. And so when we begin to pray over ourselves, Holy Spirit, you burn up everything then he will begin to move us where we don't have the ability to move ourselves now there's about 125 of y'all on the broadcast it should be at least 125 people who say my, my desire, desire is, is to, to please, please god. god if you don't type nothing else you ought to type that my desire is, is to, to please god. god we had a situation with one of our kids I won't call their name. We had a situation with one of our kids where we had asked them to do something for us and they had a real funky attitude about it. And then within 30 minutes, they had to come back and ask us to do something for them. And we did it, but we made it a teaching point to say, really, this is how people treat God and look at the selfishness and how you mm -hmm. treat us. And many times, if we're not careful, we are that childish and yes. immature with God. Yep. God asked us, can you minister to this person? Can you sow a seed? Can you stop cussing so much? Can you quit dating that person? I see y'all with that. My desire is to please God. Amen. And we get a funky attitude. How many of you willing to admit that you still get a funky attitude sometimes when God tells you to do something because you don't like what he 
told you to do. And literally before the day is over, you will have to turn around and ask God to do <laughs> yes, something for you, yes, to protect you, to yes, give you favor, yes, to provide for you. Yes. And understand that when we see our children do that, how many will also admit that when your children do it, it gets on your nerves? Irks, Does it get on your nerves? Oh, it irks me. me. It irks them. It's like, how in the world can I give you the very best? And then I ask you, can you go to the car? And you huffing and puffing like I done ask you to walk to Anchorage, Alaska barefoot. Right? And then turn around and ask me to do something for you. But how many of us, if we were self-reflective, yep. if we let the Holy Spirit deal with us right now, he would say, you act just as immature as that eight-year-old. Oh, he, he said it to me. He, I don't know about anybody, but he, he said he, it to he me. Didn't say he didn't say it. He said it. So that you see, what you see is how you treat God. What I'd be you, like, ooh, okay, my bad. What you see, what we see is how, uh, D. Coleman said, yes, it gets on my nerves, but what about when God asks us to do mm -hmm. one thing? Mm -hmm. What about when God asks us to do something we didn't feel like, we didn't want to go on a fast, we didn't want to read our Bible, we didn't want to share that seed, especially yep. not with them. Listen, Pop said, throwing a big old temper tantrum. We get upset when our kids throw temper tantrum, but many of us, when God asks, now listen, we down for the stuff God tell us to do that we want to do. we were going to do anyway come talk about that you know it, the, the bible even talks about it like this in terms of laying down your life he said it's not difficult to lay down your life for someone you love for someone who you honor and respect for someone who you wouldn't mind he said but would you lay down your life for a stranger so the same thing is true it's easy to it's easy when, when god says hey i want you to receive this gift oh Yo, praise I, the Lord. Praise, Thank i'm you, obeying Jesus. god but when he says i want you to sow or i want you to give or, i want you to get up at 5 a.m and pray for the next week i want you to intercede for the world i need you to go on a fast for covid you like well, well they just need to stay at home and wear a mask they need to wear a mask <laughs> it's like okay wait a minute but when god asks us to do something we should we, we should want him to respond the, the the same we should respond the same way we want him to respond that's what i tell my kids all the time that's right and and, and so I want to challenge you to begin to be reflective in your life and pay attention to how you respond to God. Are you huffing and puffing? How are you acting when God is asking you to do something? Now, we're going to get into something because some of you may be feeling some conviction and some conviction can bring some guilt and some shame. And so we're going to talk about how if you elevate. See, because in the body of Christ, if God see the Bible tells us in John 15 that God is a cutter. This is what it tells us. It says, here's what God does. Everything that's not like him, he cuts it away. Yeah. Everything that is fruitful, he cuts it so it produces more fruit. So you are going to have to learn to properly deal with conviction so it doesn't turn into guilt and shame. Here's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that God corrects those that he loves. So mm -hmm. I want you to hear this. If you don't hear God correcting you, you need to check your salvation status mm. because he says that if you are not and he says if you are not correctable, you are a bastard, not a son with a legitimate right. That's all that means. A bastard doesn't mean you aren't a son. It means that you aren't a son who can access the inheritance. If God cannot correct you, if God cannot instruct you, if God cannot get you to turn on a dime, yeah. then you are a son, but you live as a bastard, which means 
means you cannot access what God has for you. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you something. God loves us and God wants to make our lives a testimony. And there be so much goodness in our lives that people run and say, wait a minute, what's going on? So we can say it's Jesus. Mm -hmm. That is why God wants us. He wants us to live a different way because it keeps the enemy from still yes. stealing, killing and destroying. But we also become a testimony. Listen, our marriage was so crazy. Was it crazy? Baby? It was wild. Oh, it was so crazy. <laughs> it was so crazy because we were so crazy. Yeah. And when God began to deal with us about turning our marriage around, we did not know that we would get to impact so many marriages. Yeah. We didn't care about that. Let's just be honest. We didn't have no desire for no marriage ministry. We just wanted not to end up in divorce. That's right. But we allowed God to convict us. And do you remember, thank God I don't get convicted near as much as I used to about you. But do you remember how irritating it used to be when God was convicting you about how we dealt with each other? Because 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 he wasn't talking to me about you. He was talking to me about me. He was talking to me about me. And, 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 I, and I tell people all the time, if God is always talking to you about other people and never about you, you need to check who's talking to you. That's the accuser of the brother spirit. <laughs> right. That, that's but who you, that is. I just say like, no, you need to that, check who's talking yep. to you because God is God deals with us about us. It's, 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 we have to allow him permission to do that. And so when 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 things were going on in our marriage, I would try to talk to him about you, but he wasn't interested in talking to me about you. He was interested in talking to me about me. And when I finally decided that, that either he wasn't going to hear me or, or, or whatever the case may be, and I started letting him talk to me as I started to do the things he told me to do. It was amazing how I started the things I wanted you to do, you started doing. And the same is true for me. The other thing, too, is that we have to be careful because if we don't understand that what God does is correct us, we will get into selective hearing from God. Mm -hmm. And then what we want to do is we want to hear God tell us we're going to be blessed, but not tell us that we talk too much. Yep. And this is one of my um, favorite stories just about correction from the Lord. And it's we were at, we were in the car with Pastor Tony and Pastor Cynthia. And um, we were having a we were having a conversation with them, but we started having a conversation with each other. And Pastor Tony did not like my tone with you. And he said he he didn't even fuss at me, but he literally corrected me the way the Holy Spirit does. He said, daughter, be quiet. And the moment he said it, I felt so much guilt and shame. I just started crying because if you know me, you know, I do not like to get in trouble. Do I? No, I do not like to get in trouble. You don't care about getting in trouble so much, do you? I don't. You know, it, it ain't it ain't something that, <laughs> that I'm like, oh, I can't get in trouble. I mean, I've been in trouble a lot, so I've learned how to deal. Oh, with my it. God. I hate <laughs> to get in trouble. And listen. I really, Pastor Tony came back and did such a good job, pulled me to the side, talked to me about how he did that. And I learned that that's how the father will deal with us. There are times that God will tell you something about you and it will sting you. Mm -hmm. There are times that God will tell you um, that you had a bad attitude. There are times that you will want to talk to God about somebody else and he will correct you and it will sting don't run from the singing because what he always does is you receive no, it good, yeah. is that he comes back and he loves on you. But many of us, when he corrects us, we withdraw, we run away and we don't bring or sometimes we don't bring him stuff. This is one of my favorite stories about Tay. Um, you, you know the story I'm going to tell? Mm -mm. Tay was a little girl and Tay had been coloring on her wall. 
And you told Tay, you said, if you color on that wall again, I'm going to spank you. And she colored on the wall again and she tried to fix it herself. And when she tried to fix it herself and she sprayed the 409, it went in the electric socket and the fire came out. (laughs) She came to the room and she was probably three years old. And she said, Daddy, you probably going to get me, but I need your help. And you got up and you helped her. Stop running from God because there are. And I'm pretty sure I didn't spank her. You didn't spank her, child. You ain't hardly spank them (laughs) kids at all, but that's another message, right? Uh, Oh. And what I've just learned is that the father, yes, he will correct you. He will instruct even when you make a mess and you feel like you getting whooped a little bit. But he will be the very one who come and help you get out of the mess you got Mm -hmm. in. And many of you, you're in cycles and you're in patterns because you run from his correction. You turn your face away from him instead of doing what Tay did and saying, listen, I know I messed up. I did what you told me not to do. I shouldn't have dated Bobby. I shouldn't have done this with the money, but I need your help. And what I'll tell you is that if you'll keep coming for help and you'll keep sitting at his feet, you'll have less experiences like that. But that, and and that's a great segue because what we're going to talk about today as part of cultivating this mindset to prosper in every season is how do we deal with this thing that I believe people who on the broadcast last week got free from. Praise uh, God. But we want to talk about talk about it today for those who are new to the broadcast and then also talk about some ways how we stop it from reappearing. Yes. And that's this idea of how do we effectively deal with, with guilt, guilt and shame. shame. How do we effectively deal with guilt and shame? Because what shame does is shame does exactly what you said. It makes you retreat from God yes. as opposed to running to God. You know, guilt and shame are, are really both of them left unchecked can be extremely corrosive yes. to the human to the human being yes. to our psyche and to our to our consciousness uh, and so this 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 idea that we got to learn how to deal with guilt and deal with shame as part of cultivating our mindset is extremely important uh, we saw that kind of last week and and there are some differences we were talking about this like you know when we talk about guilt is guilt good or is guilt bad you know uh, and, and here's kind of what I always say guilt I believe is is the result of 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 us missing the mark mm-hmm. and then having the opportunity to get it to get it right so I think I won't say that guilt is bad I'll say it's bad if you stay in it because if you stay in guilt, it turns into shame. Uh, and, and we have some, some, some differences between what guilt and shame are. You need to be able to feel guilt. Yes. You need to be able to feel conviction. You need to. If you can't feel, in fact, in Romans, it says if you're not feeling conviction, that's that whole reprobate mind that you've built up such a mm-hmm. wall that God can't speak to you. That's a dangerous place. Yes. But we need to learn how to manage guilt properly so it doesn't become shame. I believe that guilt is the thing that pulls us back. I believe that shame is a demonic force to yeah. take us out. Yeah. And, I, and, and and we actually, you know, we, we talk about this real quick because I know we, we got a little time left, but there are some some differences that we wrote out about, about guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. One of the things we said, we said guilt is seeing what we have done. Guilt is seeing what we have done. So if I, if, if I uh, have a bad day at work mm-hmm. and I come home and I'm short with you mm-hmm. um, 
And I get convicted about that because I know I'm not supposed to be short with, with my spouse or with my kids, right? And I feel bad about that. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> you should be able to feel you that. should be able to feel that so that you can correct it. But shame is seeing ourselves as, as, as like a failure because of what we've done. I can do I can be short with you and come back and say, hey, babe, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't have my mind right. I was still focused on the people at work. I, I apologize. I shouldn't have talked to you that way. And, and, and I should be able to do that be, and get over that. But if I now attribute my, my self-worth as being a bad person, I, I, I don't, I'm not even worthy of a job, I'm not worthy of your love because I did a bad thing, then that gets into shame. And we really want you to make the difference between that. And this is funny, you know, I actually feel guilt a lot about you because the truth of it is, is that you're probably a nicer person than I am. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, there are a lot of times, I mean, the you you're so I we said to the kids the other day as you get older you are so freaking nice and it just like sometimes you're just so nice that I'm just like convicted I'm like I need to be a better person right <laughs> and and but that's not shame no. now that's like right. okay well how can I step up he's modeled something for me the way something should look like and i think that's the other thing too not only do we sometimes pull away from god when we're convicted we pull away from people mm -hmm. so what we'll do is that if we aren't living right we'll pull away from people who are living right so we can hang with people who make us feel okay about who we are we really want people who are causing us to level up by how they live yeah. You know, another another example of that is this idea of guilt is feeling bad about what we do. Shame is feeling bad about who we are. And that's a, that's a, that's a that's a clear distinction. We're not we're not talking about feeling bad about who you are. You know, I, I don't say it like I don't say we're only human, but we are humans. And as humans, we do some human things sometimes. But that doesn't that doesn't mean I'm flawed. That doesn't mean that I'm unworthy, unworthy of love, right? Yeah, it, it means I did. I may have done something bad. You know, maybe I, maybe I, maybe I explode in anger and, and I go off on somebody. Okay, I shouldn't have done that. I now feel bad about it. I can apologize to them, but it doesn't say that I'm a bad person. That I'm unworthy. You know, another thing. Wait, we, let me say this about. I want to say this about shame because I think that this is a good example of what shame feels like to be able to help people make a distinction. Okay. A lot of times we see people who have been sexually assaulted or molested carrying shame. They are feeling like a failure and they have defined themselves by something they did not do. Right. One of the ways you can see the marker of shame. Here's another example. You were conceived out of wedlock. You were conceived in adultery. And so you feel ashamed of your very presence, but you actually had no control. Yeah, you over feel that. bad about who you are. You feel bad about who you That's are. That's not guilt. That That's is shame. not the Holy Ghost conviction. Right. It's demonic right. and you need to give that back, which is a lot of yeah. what we did yes. last week. Yes. All right. Yes. And, 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 and the same thing is, you know, guilt is the awareness of failures. You know, maybe I did do something uh, that, that, that I failed at, but 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 maybe I failed at it. But this idea that that shame, though, it's a sense of failure in someone else's eyes. You know, if I would say and you would say that there have been things in our life that we were attempting to do that we didn't get the necessary goal we wanted. Well, that didn't make us a failure. But when you start to see yourself as a failure because somebody else says that you're a failure, that's when shame starts to creep in.
And the main thing that we want to do and understand about shame is why shame is so um, dangerous to us. Because if you are gripped with shame, if you're living in shame, it does exactly what you see. It causes you to retreat from God. It causes you to retreat from God and it will cause you to you will date people, be friends with people, work in places that you never would stay in if you felt yeah. good about yourself. Yeah. Because you will begin to feel like that you should take whatever life offers you, even though God has said, I've forgiven you. I'm not holding your past against you. And so you will stay in situations yes. where you are abused. You will stay in situations where you are um, where you continue to run back to addiction, where you where you are violent, where you allow violence to happen to you. Right. And we wonder why it is that we see people in the church who experience the same things that people who aren't in the church experiencing. When you, when you, you know, you, you, you see a report monthly about some pastor who has uh, gotten into a drug addiction, um, uh, uh, somebody in the church with domestic violence, uh, people in the church who have eating disorders, people who are in the church who are depressed. You hear about pastors and, and leaders and people in the pews committing suicide, especially during this time of pandemic. Why? Because they're not allowing that shame to be released. They may feel guilty about something, but then they stay stuck there. And that's the reason I was so glad last week that we were able to pray and allow people to experience God's deliverance because deliverance will get you out of that, that area of shame. Shame is designed to trap us, is to make us feel like we aren't worthy, we aren't good enough, that God doesn't love us, that his word doesn't work for us. That's what shame does. And shame is one of those things that, that we have to learn how to understand, deal with, and get free from. And the only real way to get rid of shame is to accept your God identity. Mm -hmm. You can't think your way out of shame. I want everybody to say yes. that. You cannot think your way out of shame. You cannot get enough education, right. not enough doctorate degrees. You can't make enough money. You can't live a pure enough life. You cannot naturally get yourself out of shame because shame is demonic. Yeah. You get out of shame by stepping into the identity of who God called you to be. The Bible says he has translated us out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. It says that he took you with everything, every mistake, flaw, anything anybody has done and said, I love you and you are mine. You get out of shame by accepting the sacrifice of Jesus. And I feel like that there are some people right now, two things, you're struggling with shame over two things. You're struggling with shame because you have multiple children with multiple fathers. You're struggling with shame over that. And someone is struggling with shame because of adultery. And listen, let me tell you something. If you're still committing adultery, stop it. Come out of that. But for the person who has had children with multiple fathers, you don't have to carry shame for that for the rest of your life. The reality of it is, is that most of us do the best we can with the knowledge that we have based on who we are at a time. But you will carry that shame if you don't learn to forgive yourself. Yes. Because God, I mean, you know, uh, let's say you, you, you had, you committed, some people may have multiple children because maybe they were married twice, but I mean, but, but you could have multiple children because you just had multiple children by different men. Okay. We get that. We understand it was fornication. We understand that that wasn't the, the right way, but you can't keep beating yourself up over it. 
You can't continue for the next 18, 30 years, whatever it's going to be. Keep not forgiving yourself. If Christ has forgiven you, then you have to be forgiven. You have to show yourself some self-compassion. You have to show yourself some self-compassion. You have to do. You have to show yourself. You, you and and I want you to know this. The people who said that you were nothing or you ruined your life, you need to take authority over those words right now because that's not what Jesus said about you. Jesus did not say you made too many mistakes to come back from or that you had to be you had to be broke as payment and punishment for what you did. That's not what he said for you. So come out of that place. Tashawn, how do I come out of that place? You start by making a decision. Yes, I may mm -hmm. have done this, but this is not the sum total of yep. who I am. I am who God says I am. Forgiving yourself is the first major step. It's the first. Shame is so uh, dangerous. It's so destructive. You know, in fact, you can see shame back in the Garden of Eden. Right. Because the Bible talks about how Adam and Eve that when they when they ate of the fruit, we call it apple in vacation Bible school. But when they ate of the fruit, the, the Bible tells us that the first thing they did is they hid themselves. It said they hid themselves because they were afraid. But when Jesus called them, they didn't come out. Now, it's one thing to be afraid. It's one thing to feel guilt. Right. And to be afraid of something. But the Bible says that when Jesus called to them or when God called to them, uh, they didn't come out. Why didn't they come out? Because they were naked and ashamed. They were shamed. So one of the things I hear you saying is that we know that you're operating in shame if when God calls, you won't answer. Mm -hmm. So if you want to know if you're operating in shame, you're saying, I wonder if it's guilt or shame. When God calls, you won't answer. When God tells you to step over, you won't answer. And today is the day that you need to be like, the, you need to be like, yes, Lord, I hear you, you know, and you, I'm here. You, you think about that based on what you said. Adam and Eve were given an instruction. They were told not to eat of a particular tree. Eve ate. She gave to Adam. He ate. They realized at that moment that they were naked. They hide because they're afraid. God comes to them and calls to them. Instead of them hiding and not coming or not or, or, or having that shame, they could have just repented. They could have just run to God and said, we blew it imagine that they could have just run to God and said oh my God we got tricked we blew it we need your help you don't have to keep going through everything you going through if you would just run to God and say God I blew it God I'm, I repent God I'm sorry I messed up show me a better way you don't have to stay in whatever shameful state you feel like you are in today is the day that you can take the key and unlock the gate to whatever shame you're living in well and i saw somebody make a comment in the comments where they said um and people will try to keep you in shame but no one can keep you in something you don't feel yes so if someone's able to keep you in shame it's because you feel it you even if it's even if it's a small piece there, that's right you're agreeing with it somehow some way you cannot make me feel ashamed if i don't that's right right the bible says in isaiah 61 and 7 it says for your shame you will have double and for confusion, they will rejoice in their portion. They will have double in their land. They will have everlasting joy. You know how good God is. God wants you to recover even after the enemy tricked you. Mm -hmm. And he wants you to recover even after you went willingly with recovery the enemy. Recovery is God's game plan. Recovery. Y'all better write that recovery. down. Did you hear that? Recovery, recovery is God's game plan. Every team goes into a battle with a game plan. You're either in basketball, you're going to run a zone, you're going to run man, you got certain plays you're going to do. In football, you got certain defensive coverages. You they, and, and sometimes they script out the first 
five to ten plays. They, they have a game plan. Recovery is God's game plan. Come on. It is God's game plan for whatever situation we find ourselves. His plan, his game plan is to not only get us out of that situation, but to double us and put us where we should have been. So he wants to give you double and joy. And joy. So double and joy. Everlasting yes. joy. That's what kind of God we serve. Yes. Listen, I want to tell you some of these other things. Could you scroll back up? These things that you where we notice shame, because I want to make sure that we cover this because I feel like some people are getting breakthrough, right? Um, that you said above this um yellow line right here shame is linked to addiction violence aggression depression eating orders suit and suicide eating disorders. eating disorders and suicide so it is critical that we learn to deal with shame effectively and the first way we deal with shame is to forgive ourselves and give it back to the devil we must build healthy barriers against shame and the healthy barrier is to take on the identity that god has for you and so that i, I think is so important because shame doesn't look the same for everybody no it doesn't it doesn't it look doesn't. the same it, it, it doesn't shame doesn't and shame wants you to suffer in silence come on shame wants you to suffer in, in silence shame actually gets its power its energy and its strength from you being silent it wants to terrorize you. That's why it didn't want you to speak out. It didn't want you to seek help. It didn't want you to hear word like Don't this. tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. Shame, it gets its power from you suffering in silence. So we know that shame wants you to hide and shame wants you to be quiet. So if you ever wonder if you are dealing with shame, you will, you will know it because shame wants you to hide and shame wants you to be quiet yes. right so you got to forgive yourself what else we got to do okay. so 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 we have these basically these three things that we want to talk about in how to deal with shame number one we say you got to forgive yourself how do i forgive myself what are the steps to forgiving myself well number one i have to acknowledge how shame is holding me back i have to be honest with myself you know pastor shannon i can't come to your house and say here's why you're ashamed we don't know your life story but you know, you know what's going on. So if you want to forgive yourself, you have to acknowledge how shame is holding you back. Shame is a very strong emotion that can convince you that you are flawed and unworthy. If you are feeling that way, you need to find someone that, that you that you are that you are in a good space with who's gonna who's gonna reassure you that that's not true. You know, you take a child who's been abused. It's very easy to convince them they're not worthy. Why? Because if they were worthy, why would somebody treat them like that? Why would someone do them like that? You take a wife who's in a relationship and her husband cheats on her and divorces her and leaves her with the kids and all that stuff. She can begin to feel that way. You take someone who's been discriminated against because, they're, because of their race or because of their gender. It's easy to, to, to feel a certain way, but you have to know, you said it earlier, getting your identity from Christ. You have to know that, that you are not flawed and you're not unworthy. I want to say one that I don't think we think about enough. Okay. When men don't feel like they're doing enough for their family. Yes. There can be yeah. shame for that, when, especially when a man really loves his family and he wants to do more and he feels like he can't get ahead. Listen, especially in the day and time that we live in, where in, in all reality, in a lot of cases, it takes two uh, incomes to really run a household. Uh, and if you grew up with that, remember one of the one of the mindsets we talked about, one of the mental blocks we talked about last week was the social norm 
mind block. Yes. Mind, mind block. Yes. So if you grew up with this idea that the man's got to be the breadwinner, the woman's got to be home, and y'all are trying to live your life that way when you can't afford it, it's going to be shame then. When your lights get cut off, when your gas get cut off, when you have to go to the food line, when you have to ask for help, it's going to be shame there, but only because you're trying to live in some norm that's not designed for you per se. Well, and the shame of it is that when a husband sometimes needs to ask his wife That's for true. help, and if that wife still has that social norm mindset, and then she feels shame because she going to work, yep. and I mean, it's just you. you she feeling shame because she's going to work and not home with the kids or something. You just can't allow shame to to work on you. You have to. You have to. You have to battle shame. You have to, and the only way to battle shame yes. is with the word yes. of God, yes. not your willpower, not your discipline, the word of God. The only way to tear down strongholds is with the word of God. I want to say one thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness always starts with a decision. Yes. Your feelings are irrelevant in forgiveness. Yes. Forgiveness is a decision. Some of you need to say right now, I choose to forgive myself. Man, that was I powerful last week. to forgive myself. When you feel shame, you ought to open up your mouth. Remember how last week we were saying that's a lie. People actually told me that y'all actually said that you battle shame with the word, but you open your mouth and you say, I forgive myself because the power of shame is that you won't release yourself. Mm -hmm. And I need you to hear me. If you won't release yourself, heaven can't help yep. you. I choose to forgive I myself. I choose to forgive myself. I choose it. I choose it. Then I let my feelings catch up, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so step number one was to forgive yourself. Another way that you can do, you can forgive yourself. Another way to get, to get free from shame. We talked about this. Share your story. So it doesn't have power over you. Now, I'm not telling you to share something you're uncomfortable with, but if there's, but if there's something that, 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 you know, keeps you, uh, locked in shame, you got to find a counselor. A therapist, uh, a, a, a religious leader that you trust and, uh, and 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 know they can handle that kind of information, but but you gotta tell the story. You know, uh, I, I I share this, and, and you know, it was one of those things that you, you kind of talked about several years ago. I was in this place where I was really really struggling with not being a good enough provider. Now it seems crazy today. I get it. It seems crazy today. Because at the time I was providing more than I had ever provided, right? But what had happened was, is I never said to you or to anybody else, hey, I'm struggling with the fact that there are certain things I desire to do for my family that I'm not able to do financially. Now, now it wasn't like food and clothes. And it was like you know, exotic trips and other kinds of stuff. But you don't even have to minimize it. It was that was your desire. It was my to desire do for to your do. family. Right, right. And the, talk about that because I'm, I'm I almost always get teary when you tell this because this is the deception of shame. Right. So, so you know, I battled with it for a long time. I was traveling. I was going, you know, different places to sometimes live for a week at a time to work and do all this stuff. And I just felt like I wasn't doing enough. And it didn't matter how much more I did, I felt like it wasn't enough. And, and, and Christmas was coming around. I had literally gotten the kids everything they wanted on their list. I had got you some good things, but it didn't feel like enough. And shame was just was, was just in my life. 
And he just kept saying, you know, your kids aren't going to love you. Your kids aren't going to respect you. Your wife thinks you're a failure, you know. And if you don't say something to somebody when all that's happening, as I told you, I'm not telling you but what, what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. Shame gets its power from silence. And so if you don't say something or tell somebody and you isolate yourself from others and you don't have a group or somebody you can tell that stuff to, shame just grows and grows. And finally, one day, I think I broke down it was on Christmas. It was on, it was and on I told Christmas. you and, 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 and you had the kids to come in there. I think Tamara came that day and, and they was just like, almost like, dude, are you crazy? And they just started listing all this stuff. But the power of it wasn't just that I said it to them. It was having people I respected say back to me. So I was it was the first time I got to hear truth because the only truth I was hearing was that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't doing enough. You were actually hearing you were actually hearing lies. Yes. Which is why. Which you were believing as true. You, you were believing yes. them as true, yes. which is what was so crazy to me because I really began to understand. I can't I can't talk <laughs> about it. it. It's OK. It, we good because. What I understood when you finally said it is that because the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, then if the enemy can make you feel ashamed enough, then now it's suicide. Yeah. And I'm not and I'm not saying you thought that. I'm saying you have to understand the progression of torment. Mm -hmm. So we were literally in the best season of our life. Yeah. You literally had got us more stuff than we wanted. And I remember that day that I said to you, I said to you, if you don't receive this truth, the enemy's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. Whether that's a heart attack, whether that's suicide, he's going to take your life. Oh, I was having body issues from the stress. You were. You were having body yep. issues from the stress. And um, that is that literally is why it's why I take the word so seriously. Because I understand that the enemy's a terrorist. It's why I can't stand him because he's a terrorist and he will silence people and he will he will make you feel like it, you are nothing and he will do it inside of your head. And it's not real to anybody right, but right, you. Right. But when it's real to you. You got to let somebody unlock you. And I thank you that you let us unlock you, that you let Tamara unlock you that day, that you let the kids unlock you, that you really heard what I said. But let's be honest. It didn't just break that day. No, it, it no, just it no, wasn't no. gone that day because because getting free from shame is not always a linear process. Yes. Come on. It, it's, it's not always, okay, it's one time thing. You have to understand what we're teaching here so that when shame shows back up again, you know how to effectively deal with it. So does it try to creep in again? Yeah, it does. But now I've got this truth that I, that I, that I've held on to, which is that I, I, I am doing enough, you know? And so, you know, when those things creep up and, you know, you, you, you know, I, I just, I just learned how to battle it. I've learned how to, in that particular area, I've learned how to battle it. And, and I don't know what shame is in your area. I don't know what you suffer or deal with. What I can tell you is that you you aren't exempt from it, but you can be free from it. I know because I'm a living witness. I know how I felt. And it was almost a year of that. Uh, that I that I felt that way, and uh, which I think about now, it's just so crazy. Because on the other side of it, now you see how crazy it yes, is. Yes, because literally, I mean, we were we were doing. I was doing more 
for you guys financially than, than I have ever, ever been able to do. And 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 not be, and I don't want anybody to think it's just a financial thing. That was just my issue. That was what, uh, it was about your desire for your family. Yes, it was my issue and what I did, wanted to do. And and because I didn't talk to somebody about it, the enemy just tormented me with, with that for for over a year. And I think that it's so important that we tell this because even now people are putting in the comments that they're 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 seeing how torment. So I want to just make this thing. If you um if that if you're a person and you felt that, I want you to um I want you to reach out to Pastor Edwin, reach out to us and let us know because sometimes it's just the power of telling someone so someone can say to you, man, that's not true. Yeah. That's not true. Saying it out loud was the thing I needed. Yes, I'm glad that they, they reaffirmed it, but saying it out loud to some. So sometimes you don't know how, don't get me, don't take this the wrong way. Sometimes you don't know how stupid something sounds until you say it out loud. That's facts. That's facts. And when I said it out loud, it sounded stupid, which is why I, when I was, I was laying in the bed crying that day, I actually started laughing too because it was so stupid to even say. But it was real before I said it out loud. Well, and here's the thing that I want you to understand, because it's always been important for you to take care of your family. And until you until you healed from that, yeah. it didn't matter what you did for us. And that is why I was so upset, because we were so happy. Yeah. And you were so tormented. Yeah. Right. And so people like hug me. No, really, it, it is because I saw I'm OK. I just saw what it does when the enemy can silence somebody mm -hmm. and they can look good and they can be up teaching the word and people can be looking up to them. But literally, and what I had, what I tried to get you to see was that if you didn't free yourself, yeah. even the prosperity God was bringing yep. to you, the enemy yeah. was going to use it to torment you. Because he was never going to let it be enough. Because it was never yeah. going to be enough. Yeah. And so some of you, you just need to take that and you need to take, people say they're feeling this deep down. Listen, listen, this real talk. God has always had us tell our business. We never been the kind of preachers who didn't get to tell our stories. And if this story helps you, we want to hear that it helps you. But understand, you're not the only person walking through this because the other thing that the enemy wants to do to you. And I say this all the time. You special, but your story is not unique. Yeah. And so the enemy wants you to think your story is so unique that nobody that would no, understand. Come on, that yeah. no one will understand. And so he can torment you yeah. in silence. And let me tell you something, because he's a terrorist, he doesn't care how your death comes. Yeah. I want you to hear me. He wants to steal. He wants to kill and, and he wants to destroy. Yeah. When you were in that state, he was stealing beautiful moments from you. You were present in beautiful moments, but they weren't beautiful moments. To I you. would literally be watching y'all opening something I had gotten for y'all, a gift or something, seeing the joy in your face and thinking that's not enough. And in the moment, watching you open a gift, you know, me buying you a Louis bag or a Gucci bag and thinking, man, that ain't enough. Me, me getting the when, when Chase was in his thing about about the Jordans and, and, and I buy him one or two pair of Jordans. I'm thinking, man, I wish I could get him five. This just ain't enough. It was never enough. It, and the enemy always told me it wasn't enough. And so, yeah, you know, Rich said this is helping him. Yeah. I, I know for a fact there are a lot of good men. You are dealing with the spirit of shame and you listen. And it's not that God doesn't have more for you it's that you gotta break out because even when you yeah. get the more you still are tormented yeah. right and listen this is why i want to make a plug for soul shift this is why i love soul shift work 
And do you remember, babe, when I first started talking about thinking, feeling cycle and how it became such a big thing to you? Mm -hmm. Because you don't realize if you don't interrupt those cycles, those cycles will crush you. So you got to learn how to interrupt those cycles, right? And we have just been practicing over and over again, over and over again. I love it. They say you you free generations of men today, well, because, right? Because, you know, I mean, and not to be dramatic, but, but, it, but it's just truth, right? So here I am traveling, going to work, making more money than I ever made because I wanted to do more for my family, right? But yet I'd be on a plane ride thinking, man, if the plane go down, the insurance money would be more than what I'm making. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and it was crazy to think, you know, and so so when I'm supposed to be on the plane thinking, you know, being like, you know, Yahweh go before me, this plane ain't going to go down. I'm literally having thoughts with, you know, would y'all be better off without me? And I realize now that sounds stupid, right? Oh but I'm telling you, when you're in the moment, if you don't say something to somebody, shame, and it wasn't anything I had done. No, but that is the thing that gave it away. You actually said that yeah, to me. Yeah. You actually said, you got to listen to what people are saying. Yeah. He said to me, because of the life insurance, I am worth more to you guys dead than alive. And I had to interrupt that and say the devil is a lie. That is not true. But let me tell y'all something else. Let me make a plug for something else. That's why you need to know how to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because you don't always know the language to dismantle stuff, but you better know how to get in the spirit realm and deal with that, right? And I thank you for letting me help you. Because... You know, one of the things that we talked about is that for a long time, because of how you were, you didn't let people see anything that was vulnerable about well, you. And the truth is, by the by the time I let you help me, I was so tired. I was I was so I was I was done. I was tired. <laughs> I was like, I was tired. That's all I can say about that. I was I was like, this has got to give it. But I'm saying to other people, you don't have to get there. You can hear these steps. You can understand what we're saying and you don't have to get to the I'm tired. I don't want to be here no more stage. You can you can find somebody to help and you can get free from shame for whatever it is, whether it's something you've done, something that somebody did to you or just wrong thinking. And so I want to say if you feel tired, if you feel tired right now, I want you to just release that shame. I want you to do a practical exercise that I believe has supernatural um, impact. And um, it is, I want you to take a deep breath and I want you to see shame ball up in your stomach as a, whatever this lie is, mm. right? Um, and I want you to take a deep breath and I want you to blow it out. And I want you to know this because Clarissa just said, I know what you mean, said it many times, pastor, I'm tired. You got to pay attention to language. You did, you never said or did, or never thought you were suicidal. But you got to pay attention to language that starts to tell you when you start saying I'm tired a lot, when you start saying I'm tired, because that I believe that's the first step that the enemy starts pulling you into a place where you can't come back from. Yeah. Right. And so pay attention when you're hearing people you love say, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. And because that language is saying, I need help. I am carrying something that I don't know how to get off me. That's why we need community. That's why we need intercessors. Somebody pray for Meg right now. She says, she said, I'm just so tired. So for those of you who are feeling that shame, you're feeling that tired. I need you to stop right now. 
Oh, here's what we want to do. Chris, help me pray this one out. We just want to release the peace of God to you right mm. now. Release the peace of God. I want you to take a deep breath. I want breath is so important. It, it breath is not some fruit fruit thing. I breath is really it, the Bible says he breathed the life living mm -hmm. breath into us. Becky says she's exhausted. I need you to take a breath and I need you to exhale. Right. Because I love what Angie says. She says, because when you're in that tired place, the enemy would introduce a false solution. Yeah. He will introduce a false solution. Right. And sometimes even people end up in sin, whether that is addiction or drinking too much or or an affair or, or you've been celibate and now you sleeping with somebody because you are just trying to find a release. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you that your release is in God. And so we see this for the people. Um, we see this for the people of God. Um, right now, there are people saying they're just so tired, but there are other people saying they are free them. I want you to take a deep breath. I want number one, for those of you who have gotten into the habit of saying you're tired, I want you to break that. I want you to break that. And I want you to begin if you if 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 I remember one of the things we talked about changing your mindset that you got to fix your inner language. You got to fix your inner inner language. So if you are really feeling tired and you need help, then I need you to ask for help, right? I need you to ask the Holy Spirit, why am I so tired? Many times we're tired because we're carrying things that we're not designed to carry. And, I, and, I was, and I'll be specific. When I said I was tired, I meant emotionally. emotionally. I, I, I didn't mean I was tired from traveling. I was tired from work. I mean, I was tired. I was exhausted for not having a solution to my problem. And even though that was a false problem, as Angie said, it was a false problem and me down on a plane was a false solution. I was exhausted from the mental fight of, of trying to, 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 to get from under this shame of not doing enough. If you tired because, uh, cause you ain't getting enough sleep, change that. If you're tired cause you're eating the wrong foods, change that. But if, but if you're tired because of the emotional thing, then, then sometimes you, that is a, you need prayer. You need, you need to, the enemy needs to, you need to be given a relief through prayer to back that enemy up off of you and then follow some of these steps that we're talking about. And then I want to just ask you this. Are you willing to believe something different? Are you willing? Because it's hard to untangle you if you're unwilling to. You don't have to know how you go do it, but are you willing? Because if you are willing, then you open the door for supernatural help, right? I need y'all take another deep breath for me. Take another deep breath, really. And I, I, we pray for the peace of God to be released yes. to you yes. and solutions of God, the solutions of God. And there are so many people right now and you look good, but you're being terrorized. You've, you've got to go back to sitting in the word. You may not even be in a place right now where you can open your Bible and read the word, but you can listen to it. You can listen to yeah. it, right? Do you have anything else you want to say? There are a lot of people. I mean, you know, j just just one of the things we, we talked about that we didn't get to, and we don't have to do it today, but this idea of seeing your worth, though, you, you, you have to see your worth. I didn't see my worth. You know, and you talk a lot about that with, with soul shift and those kind of things. But, you know, one of the things that I did do that I that I talk about when I talk to people about this, I started listing all the things that I did for my family. 
I wrote them down and I wrote as many as I could. And I think I filled up two or three pages and it, it was just, it just gave me a visual representation of dude, who would do this if you were gone? And it, it was one of the things that helped, you know? Um, so I, so I, I, I just began to not only see myself worth, I mean, I know I was worthy to God, but, but my struggle wasn't with whether I was worthy to God. It was like, well, am I worth it to my family? And so whatever area that you're dealing with this thing in, you have to see your worth. You have to be able to see your worth. And sometimes seeing your worth is, is, is finding ways to help other people. Sometimes seeing your worth is finding uh, ways to, to set goals that you can accomplish and reach because then you feel good about, about, about accomplishing those goals. You know, the worst thing you can do uh, when, 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 you, when you're in this, this, this vein of shame is to just lay around and not do anything because then you're just left with your own thoughts and your own thoughts, they, just, they, they don't ever get exhausted. They just talk to you all the time. Uh, and so you got to find ways to, you call it breaking that cycle or interrupting that cycle. Interrupting that you got to find ways to interrupt that cycle. Uh, April Marlowe just said something that we go hang our hat on here and we'll come back and finish this next week. Okay. But she just said something. She says, we will not negotiate with the terrorists. Yeah. We will, we declare the peace of God. You have to open your mouth and say something. So wherever you are right now, I want you to open your mouth. I want you to say my life has value. I want you to say God has a plan and purpose for me. Yes. I want you to say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I want you to say that I am loved. I need you to say that. Now, for those of you who had the assignment last week, you may need to go make you a separate recording. Don't get rid of the other one. You need to add the separate recording yes. to it. Some of you, this is what research tells us, and this is why it's important to understand psychology. The research tells us that when one negative thing is said to you, it takes seven to get you back equal. Yep. If you want to finish that, no, you can. No, we're good. And, but I'm telling you, you need 10 because you got to get on the upside. And many of you, um, and let me say this, one of the reasons you need to not practice sin is because the other thing is that practicing sin will give the enemy access to you right now sin isn't always fornication and and lying but it is lying in this sense when i'm saying something about me that disagrees with god i'm missing the mark and when i'm missing the mark i'm giving the enemy access to me so even though you were a good man, a man of faith, helping people get breakthrough. How you were handling yourself yeah. was sin. Yeah. It was the it was. missing of the mark. It was. You hear that because people get real uncomfortable about this sin talk. But anytime you say something about yourself that God has not said, you have missed the mark. Yeah. That's all sin is. Yeah. It is coming out of alignment with heaven, right? And then it goes to all the things that Angie said. Now you're trying to get a solution from the wrong place, which is why you start saying these other things. And then the enemy starts to use those things you are saying to prophesy right. his destruction right. into your life. You're right. And so I need y'all to help us help you. One, if you know that you've been practicing sin, you need to repent to the Lord. Lord, I repent. Lord, I can't do this by myself. Lord, I'm coming back to you. Holy Ghost, I need your help. Yeah. That that Holy Ghost, I need your help. I'm coming back. I can't do this by myself. Right? Then you got to forgive yourself. 
I release myself. I forgive myself. Right. And now you've got to start creating an environment of self-love, self-worth and truth based on the word. You've got to create an environment of self-love, self-worth and truth based on the word. And that was step three. Practice self. You got to practice, practice self love. Sorry, I didn't know. Again, you got to you got to build yourself a support. You know, you got to have people around you. I just I'm a firm believer that people were not called to do life alone. People were not called to do life alone. And so, if you're going to practice self love, you you got to be able to build a supportive team. People who uh, who can who you're going to spend time with. You talked about building the right environment. Um, you know, people who are not going to re- reinforce shamefulness on you. You know, but people who, who who lovingly but directly call you out when you when you say you're not a worth or why you're not worth enough or, or why would someone want to do that for me? You need friends on your team who will talk strong to you to the point that you realize that what you're saying is false in love, but people who won't just let you wallow in that. I know Clarissa sent me a message the other day and she said, you are so good about telling me my thoughts are garbage. And if you've (laughs) ever reached out to me and I've told you that your thoughts are garbage, I typically don't say garbage, but I say it enough that you know that. Understand that I understand that the enemy wants to kill you, Mm -hmm. kill your dreams, kill your life, kill your destiny, whatever he can kill. And so I like April Marlowe, I don't negotiate with terrorists. So when you tell me you're being tormented, I don't know anything to tell you to do except to get aggressive, to get relentless and to step up because you've got to fight for yourself and you can't fight for yourself with the wrong words. Mm -hmm. You just can't. So you need to build you a team. You need to you need to think about your thinking. You need to think about your thinking. Stop letting all them crazy thoughts run all over your mind, unchecked and unhindered. And when we talk about practicing self-love, that's not some metaphysical humanistic thing. You know, the fact of the matter is Jesus told us that he says it like this. He says when, when they came to Jesus and they asked him the question about what's the greatest commandment. Think about in totality what he said. He said the greatest commandment is to do what? To love. To love God with all, all of your, your heart, heart, soul, and mind. Right. He said, and the second one is equal to it, that you, you love, love who? Neighbor. As what? As you love yourself. So so you can't even, so if you take it backwards, you can't even love your neighbor properly if you're not loving yourself. So practicing self-love is not some new age concept. It's it biblical. is true. It's biblical. You have to practice loving yourself. Let me ask you a question. Now that you come out of this, would you, if someone had said to you at that time, strict, you're not loving yourself well, would you have been able to hear that? I'm not sure. Um, I th- Did you think you were loving yourself well? I didn't think about it. Mm. I was consumed with what I wasn't doing. Mm. And the, the thing, I, so if someone had come to me and said something to me about me not loving myself, I probably just would have thought they were stupid. <laughs> I'm just telling you because of where I was, where I was, what I, what I needed was not someone to tell me I wasn't loving myself. I needed someone to, to help me attack the problem. The problem was my thinking. What I needed was for someone to say, okay, you say you're not doing enough. Let's look at what you're doing. That is what I needed at that time. That's what I got. That's what delivered me. Now, 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 on this side of it, I can see this. Now that I've had time to sit and process and go through, and now I want to help other people. I've laid out in 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 you know in in these notes and in my my writings. If someone comes to me and says they're struggling in an area where shame is concerned, 
where they've been ashamed, they've done something that caused them to be ashamed, or they're just having shame because of their own thinking. How do I help them process out? These are the things I would help them process out through. But I didn't have that at the time. I didn't have that. that I didn't. I didn't have somebody to give me that at the time. How do you? Do you feel like you guard yourself differently than you did before? In what? In what sense? Like so that that thing doesn't come back again. So I don't know if I guard myself differently. I am uber aware of what it came to do. So it's like that idea of fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. That's good. Like like That's like, good. like like George Bush said, I ain't going to be fooled a third time. <laughs> I'm not going to be fooled a third time. So I understand when when it, when I have those feelings and they come up with, I process immediately what this is. This is shame. I know what shame's going to do. So I don't let it hang around not for one moment. I love I'm what you uber said. Aware. You're, you're uber aware. Uber right? aware. That means that you understand that's something you can't even play no, with a little bit, no, right? No. no okay. No. So, because I want people to understand practically what you're doing yeah. to be like, this is something. So when you think about that you didn't do enough for us, what do you immediately do? I immediately rehearse the things that I've done. Okay. I immediately rehearse the things I've done, or I will even say out loud, that's a lie. That's a Remember lie. last week, we told people that they needed to start, when it, when it hurt, when we read through those mental blocks, we had people to say, that's a lie. If it was a lie, I say out loud, it's a lie. I'm driving in my car, you know, and I'm thinking about, okay, you know, I'm already thinking about getting Kane in the car. You know, I'm like, okay, what kind of car am I get Kane in? You know, how, how, what do I get the money from? What do I pay for it? You know, because I, 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 I'm not overwhelmed with the idea of getting her a car, right? You know, if I get her a car, great. If I don't, then she don't get one. It's not, but in my mind, it used to be, if I don't do this, I'm worthless. Mm -hmm. I don't have those feelings anymore because she will, if she didn't get a car, she wouldn't be the first 16 year old not to get one. But, but, but in my mind, that's how it used to be. So I just had to change my thinking on those things. Well, and I'll say that one of the things that I do is that like, for me, I've just learned that like, talking a lot about stuff I want to do that costs money can be overwhelming to you. And so I don't, sometimes I have those. It used to be more overwhelming than now. Now I just listen to you. Oh, well, I am now you, you make, <laughs> you make your I own money. <laughs> so when, when you, when you weren't making money and you were talking to me about all the financial stuff, it created more pressure. But now it's like, if you want something, you, you buy it. <laughs> Whatever. All right. We hope this has been helpful for you. Here's what I'm going to ask the prayer team to do on Tuesday. I want the prayer to be specifically about the things we talked about today. Casting down shame. So whoever's praying, if you need help, talk to Chandra um, or toss it to Chandra or Chris. But let's let's focus prayer. Or if you need some notes or whatever, let, let me know. Let's focus prayer on Tuesday around this. I want to invite all of y'all to prayer on Tuesday, right? All of y'all. And I want to say this to married couples. There are seasons in marriage, right? And so if you sign up for something that's not working for your family, because a lot of the reason we got where we were is following an example of what people said a family was, but it wasn't what our family mm -hmm. was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is, is that I actually really love making money. I mean, it's the truth. I really love mm -hmm. making money. Um, I'm actually really good at it. And we got stuck in a place. Mainly I got stuck because see that's because that's how the enemy works. He's never just working on one person. So if he can get me to feel like, Hey, 
um, we're going to lose our family if we both go after our dreams and we're successful. I'm trying to preserve our family. He's trying to take care of us. Then we're both in this place of having the enemy whisper lies to us and torment us. So you got to expose those lies, right? You got to expose those lies and you got to deal in truth. Now, listen, if you need to accept Jesus, as your personal savior, because you realize that the lie that you are in right now is that you don't need a savior, then we want you to do that. You can send us a message. We're going to pray the salvation prayer. If you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to pray the salvation prayer and the prayer of filling together. But let me tell you something. If you need a church, a virtual church in this here pandemic, Fellowship of Champions, it's your church. This teaching that we do right here, this is not a one-time thing. This is how we roll. Why? Because it's not enough to know how to shout. It's not enough to know how to run. You got to know how to practically take this word and cut the enemy's access, access off in your life so you can live in victory. So we have a link if you want to be a virtual partner that you can fill out that link and say, I want to be a part of Fellowship of Champions. Yes. So we're going to pray the prayer and then I'm going to toss to Pastor Edwin. He's going to talk about giving and then we're going to get out of here. But come to prayer on Tuesday because on Tuesday we're going to be specific. We're going to show you how to pray against the things we talked about. Mm -hmm. But if you want to pray the prayer of salvation, and if you want to accept Jesus today, or you want to come back home, I want to see your hand. Don't hide it. Be like, I'm coming home. I want to give my life to Jesus. Um, I'm rededicating my life. And if, if you if you give your life to Christ for the first time, send us a message. Tell us. Yes. We got some resources we'd like to send your way. Yes, yes, yes. Right? So we want to pray the prayer of salvation. Me and Chris, we love this prayer. We like to pray it every single time. But here we go. Say, Father God, Father God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I believe, I believe in everything, in everything that Jesus did, that Jesus did, so that I can be free, so that I can be free, and I want, and I want to give my life, to give my life to Jesus today, to Jesus today. I believe, I believe that Jesus died, that Jesus died to deal with all my sins, to deal with all my and sins, all the bondage of sin, and all the bondage. And of so sin. today, and so today, I break up with sin, I break up with sin, and I embrace Jesus, and I embrace Jesus. I am told, I am told that Jesus, that Jesus gave us a precious gift, gave us a precious gift, and that gift, and that gift is the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come and fill me up, come and fill me up every place, every place that there has been anything that there has been anything besides God besides God fill me up fill me up I declare today I declare today I break covenant with hell I break covenant with hell I belong to God I belong to God it is done it is done in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah y'all better Amen. come on and be a part of Amen. FOC Amen. listen we want you to share this broadcast Glory to God. Listen, if you got a testimony, we want to hear your testimony. Don't hold your testimonies back. We got some cool things coming in the next couple of weeks. We're going to have a, a link where you can sign up because we're going to start sending emails and, and clips from the messages and stuff. And so we're going to need you to get on that list. And will you do us a favor? Bring somebody back next Sunday. Yes. Bring somebody back. And Tanya says she crying and happy. Listen, who else feels some lightness that they didn't feel before? We'll let Pastor Elwin teach the, talk about the offering and talk about the the, um scholarship and sure. then we can get out of here amen listen i'm i'm so excited i'm reading i was reading the comments those of you who are saying you know i'm free this is helping me i'm so glad it's helping you listen if my transparency if your transparency can help somebody be free then then then, then so be it you know we we don't allow shame or, or what we've been through to stop us from sharing our testimony because in the, at the end of the day it's we're, we are human. We ain't just human, but we are human. And so we go through certain things. And if what if we can share how we've overcome those with you, then then, then praise God for it. So I'm excited. Wait, could y'all do us a favor? 
if you were blessed today, I want you to write a post on your Facebook post today. And I want you don't share the broadcast. I want you to tag the church because that'll bring more people to just talk so about tell them something. How to do in case so I want you to just go to your Facebook page and then you just add fellowship of champions. Oh. Don't share the link, okay. but just at the church and talk about one thing you got from here or how this church is helping you, man, because it's a lot of people. Clarissa say they always say, be free. <laughs> yeah, I know that's, they forget that's to tell why us we how. here. We yeah. telling you how yeah. as well as we know it. Yeah. Amen. So uh, it's as, as far as giving is concerned, I think they had put that on the screen a little earlier there. We, we offer multiple ways to give. And let me just say this. I thank you. I thank we you thank for, you. for those. We, we thank you for those who who have been giving uh, so faithfully uh, the last 38 weeks. For those of you that are new who have started giving. We appreciate it. We thank you. And we pray the same blessing that's on our life is on your life in the double. We pray that it happens that way. You have helped so many people. I'm telling you, you have you have helped so many people stay in their homes, uh, keep their cars, have food to eat. Um, you, you've helped people all over, not just not just local people. But but people in other states, people who've seen this, we've been able to help and be a blessing to. Um, I, I, I can't tell you all of the things, but I'm going to make myself begin to write them all down and list them and what we've done over these past 38 weeks so that we have a testimony, a memorial yes. of all that we've done. Uh, and, and we couldn't do it without you. Uh, so I, I'm not here to try to get something out of you. I'm like the apostle Paul. I, I, I only ask you to give so that, so that something may abound to your account. Amen. Uh, so you can give through give Lafay, uh, push pay tithely and text to give. So you, you govern yourselves accordingly. Those of you that are partners, whether you're virtual or, or, or you are, you know, part of FOC before we went virtual. Um, I ask you to consider being a tither. Uh, it's part of that obedience thing. Uh, if you can trust God where your money is concerned, you can trust God in all other areas. Uh, for those of you who may have other churches and you tithe there, we expect you to do that. Uh, but if the Lord puts it on your heart to give an offering here, uh, we just want you to know that, that we consider ourselves to be good ground and that that money will be used for the furtherance of the kingdom. Now, on Tuesday, just one more time, I want to remind you, on Tuesday, uh, you can do it now, but on Tuesday, December 1st. If you 1st, think you're going to forget, do it now. Yeah, if you think you're going to forget, please do it now. But on Tuesday, December 1st, it is National Giving Day. Tuesday, December 1st is National Giving Day. And I would love and I would be honored if you would give to the Fellowship of Champions Scholarship Fund. We have almost given out $100,000 since 2016. Uh, when we gave our first scholarship out in 2016, we've given away almost $100,000 in scholarships. Uh, this fall will take us over that number. Yes. Uh, and and, and we, we believe the day is coming where we're going to give out not just $10,000 and $4,000 scholarships, but full paid tuition scholarships to kids who want to go to college or kids who want to go to trade school. Uh, and we, we just believe it's, it's going to be our legacy uh, of helping kids live a life where there's not uh, educational debt attached to them, which will help them buy a house, a car, save for a retirement at an earlier age. And so it's near and dear to my heart. You know, people say all the time, if this message has blessed you, sow a seed into me. Listen, if this message has blessed you, sow a seed into the, the scholarship, scholarship fund. fund. Yeah. <laughs> sow a seed into the scholarship fund. If you'll do that, uh, I'd be so appreciative. I think there's a, a way that Pastor Sean may have put it in the group 
again. And if not, you can certainly go to the Fellowship of Champions page. It's pinned on the top. You can actually read about everything we've done. And then at the very bottom of it, you can just click that link, go directly to the GoFundMe link, and you can give. Uh, and then tell your friends about it. If people are looking for a place to give on December 1st, National Giving Day, Fellowship of Champions is a great place to give into. We're helping people with the Academic Scholarship Fund and the James Young Memorial Scholarship Fund. All right. So we love you guys. We want you to have an amazing week. We want you to show up for prayer on Tuesday because we're praying over what we talked about. Come to Bible study on Wednesday. Come back on Sunday for worship with Chris. Come back for church on Sunday. Invite a friend. Give in the giving today. Give in the giving on Tuesday and I, and spend time in the word and expose the lies. And up. be free. Be free. Send us a testimony and tag us in a post today. Yes. We love you guys. Have an amazing, amazing yes. week on purpose. God bless you. God bless you. Be blessed.